Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Mark, how can I help you? Uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Quick question. The, uh, they, uh, we're trying to save a pergola, and uh, it's um, it has four posts which have uh, 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 vertical cracks in them where the wood's separated, but they are structurally sound. Okay. And I don't want to replace those. I need something to fill that with so the new moisture won't get in there. We can finish it and, and restore this thing. Okay. And and what size posts are those? Are they four by four or six by six? Uh, six by six, Jim. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm assuming you're going to paint them? Yes, when we're done filling it and uh, making sure that, it, that we're keeping moisture out. Okay. So they make a regular wood filler for doing that. Uh, Minwax makes it. Uh, and it's actually got wood particles in it. And you can literally just pack that in there. You can sand it smooth after it's dried. And you're ready to go ahead and prime it and paint it. That's preferable over an epoxy filler? Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. We'll get to work on that. We want to save it for another 10 years. Sure. And, and here, here's the reason. A, an epoxy filler will tend to run down. The wood filler is more of a solid that you pack in there. And so it stays in place better. Okay. All right. Well, very good. Thank you much, Jim. You bet. Take care and have a Merry Christmas. Let's head over to Mesquite. Hello, Bob. Hello. Hey, um, got a house, or house 19 years old. I replaced the HVAC in the bottom floor this past year. We have a, a second story, which is basically one big room, about 500 square feet. We actually rent it out uh, right now. Uh, it's got a three-quarter bath up there. I'm considering uh, redoing HVAC and pulling out all the ductwork and putting a mini split up there. What's your opinion of doing such a thing? Uh, it's, we've got a typical uh, electric gas uh, system now. And uh, what would be going to like a mini split heat pump up there? Well, I, I love mini splits. Uh, my second floor is heated and cooled by a mini split. So I got zero problem with doing that. Um, <laughs> You're, is it all one big room? Basically, I mean, with the exception of the bathroom, the, it would isolate the bathroom a bit. But I think there's some workarounds for that. But uh, there is because I, they make fans that you can actually put, like in a either in a wall or or right. some something like that that can blow air into the bathroom when you're using a mini split. But you know, typically, if you leave the door open on the on the mm -hmm. bathroom most of the time, the air will get in there close it when you're using it and if you turn the exhaust fan on it continues to pull air from under the door into the sure, bathroom sure. so uh yeah it's it sounds like an ideal fit for a mini split distribution it's a bit of a long thin it's it's uh, there's like a living area and then a dormer that narrows down on one end so it's a bit of a, a long thin is air distribution there's a ceiling fan in there uh, any problem mixing that air in a shape like that no, not at all. And and uh, the way mini splits work, you know, a regular duct work typically is blowing the air straight down into a room where a mini right. split is blowing the air out into the room. Correct. And so being yeah. a long room that way, it it's not affected at all. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate the info. That helps you a lot. You bet. Take care, Bob. Day. We're going to head out to Van Alstine and Stacy. How can I help you? Hi, Jim, and Merry Christmas. 
Um, I have two follow-up questions to the mini split, the, the caller that just called in. Yeah. Um, first question is, what is your experience and opinion about using the cassettes that go with mini splits um, instead of the the normal thing that blows across the room? You talking about the the ones that mount into the ceiling? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh I my mini split system. I actually have uh, uh, one that has two head units on it. One is the one that blows across the room. The other one is the cassette that's mounted up into the ceiling. And I, I got to be honest, I, I'm really impressed with those. If if you're doing a house where you're going to do the bedrooms and everything, mm-hmm. uh, those those uh, cassettes are great. If you're doing a larger room, then use that wall mount that blows across the room. Okay. And my my second question is, um, I have a our, our master bedroom faces south, has south-facing windows with brick on the back. And so during the day, it heats up. Um, the, it keeps the, re- the air conditioning that we have now keeps the rest of the house fairly cool, but that room heats up. Is there is it viable to use a mini split as a supplement to a room like that to keep it at a different temperature than the rest of the house? Sure. Okay. I mean, you know, like I said, I got uh, two two areas in my house that I do it with. One is the upstairs room, and the other is my patio room. And uh, you, I can open up the doors, and all the air conditioning and everything is linked together. But because that patio room has all the glass and all that stuff... You know, it, it does heat up a little bit differently. So I'm able to uh, keep that room nice and comfortable, just like the rest of the house. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. You take care and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thanks. Let's head to Denton. Alan? Hello, Jim. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, Thank you. The builder on my home used a, a wood uh, expansion joint between the driveway and the foundation. Okay. That wood that wood is uh, warped now and is uh, coming out. So, uh, is it important that I replace that with some urethane? You want to replace it with something because if you don't, what happens is a lot of rainwater and that will go down and start washing the sand underneath the driveway. So, if it's if it's because of erosion that I'm doing this, I see I see a lot of this material failing is uh, failing is one material better than the other as far as urethane or uh, polyurethane or well they they make a, a rubberized material that comes in a caulking tube that's right. specifically designed for doing these expansion joints and stuff. Uh, my experience in watching them is you get about five years or so out of them and then they start to deteriorate and you end up having to redo them somewhere five to ten years down the road there's another material that's available and it comes in a roll and it's called trim slab and this is a hard rubber material that basically you pull the wood out pop this in there and it's done and it comes in different widths for the different size expansion joints uh you can find where they carry a lot of the Ace Hardware stores carry it, but uh, to find where you can get it, uh, there's a their web address is trim-a-slab.com, and uh, I, I really do like this material. It's very simple to put in. Uh, you don't have to do much of anything other than clean out down about oh an inch and a half, 
into the uh, expansion joint and there's literally push this material in there and you're done very good uh that sounds interesting i think i'm going to look for that one more thing concerning that sure it's a it's a rather large gap that the builder left in there now and uh if it's deep and i really don't know if it's deep but should i feel that with like backfill that with sand or or uh backer rod or anything like that uh you know i Typically, I would recommend you fill it with some sand or, uh, of some kind because whether you use the rubberized uh, caulking or this trimmer slab, uh, neither one of them need to go all the way to the bottom of the concrete. Okay. Uh, they, they Both of them are only need to go down, uh, you know, three-quarters of an inch to an inch or so. So, yeah, just you can just fill it up with uh, sand. Sounds like that trimmer slab would be a, a really easy application. It is very simple to do, and and, uh, I typically recommend that to to homeowners to do because, you know, it's it's one and done. I mean, the lifespan of this stuff is is actually much better than the caulking. Very good. You've answered my question, sir. All right. Well, you have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Bye-bye. And, you know... I say I recommend this to homeowners all the time because, like I said, I'm I'm a contractor and and I have to use the the other material, the rubberized material that comes in the caulking tubes, because contracts on commercial buildings uh, a lot of times call for that. You know, these different materials that are available a lot of times are pushed by companies uh, to architects and engineers and stuff like that. And they don't bother looking at anything else. And so you, you end up with sometimes, quite frankly, an, an inferior product simply because that's what was put in the specs to use. And if I was doing it in my own house, I'd be using this trimmer slab versus the rubberized caulk material. But I've had to use that rubberized material several times simply because that's what the plans called for. You know, And, and you can talk to them about it, and sometimes they'll switch it, but... Uh, most of the time, well, I think the engineer or the architect knows what he's doing, so uh, we'll, we'll just stick with that. And then, hey, I'm fine with that, no problem. I uh, keep my card. Be more than happy to change it out for you later. Neville, how can I help you? Hey, I, I cleared a piece of uh, land on my property uh, that had mature bamboo, uh-huh. and uh, I set a uh, a cabin shell up, and I'm concerned that even after I skirt the bottom of the home that that bamboo may want to grow up into the floor of this cabin that's you know anywhere from 20 to 20 inches to 40 inches off the ground is the lack of sunlight going to be enough that that bamboo won't uh, make a comeback you know in the middle part you're probably going to be all right but towards the edges yeah, you're probably going to, you may run into some issues where it tries to grow a little bit. Uh, what you may end up needing to do is put down either some vegetation killer or a, uh, you know, like a tarp or barrier of some kind to keep it from growing. The problem with the bamboo is um, once their roots are in the soil, it is tough to kill. And have you already got the structure built on it? Yeah, they uh, set it up yesterday, so okay. it doesn't have any skirting underneath it right now. It sounds like what I need to do is get my plumbing and everything finished and then do the uh, 
the vegetation spray. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I would do. Man, I pulled up one root wad. I had to use my truck to pull it out. That thing was about two foot in diameter. It was massive. Yeah, you 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 know we look at big oak trees and we think, oh my gosh, that's got to have a heck of a root system. Nothing compared to what bamboo does. Uh, bamboo, as it spreads out, it just becomes a solid layer in the soil. Yeah, yeah, they're very tough. Uh, I used a bobcat and got a lot of it out. But, uh, man, if you have bamboo, stay on top of it because it'll yep. get away from you in a hurry. It does. I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you. You bet. You take care. Going out to Colleyville, Bill, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, how are you doing, Jim? Wonderful. How about you? Pretty good. I just had a question about, like I said, the gutter, uh, yeah. proper installation. Should the back of the gutter that goes against the fascia, should it be installed under the drip edge? I noticed that a lot of gutter people install it on top of the drip edge, which could be a potential problem down the road. Well, gutters in, in themselves can be potential problems down the road because uh, typically the back is lower than the front of it. So when the gutters do back up, and sooner or later most gutters do back up, uh, mm -hmm. the water can go over the backside before it goes over the front. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as the drip edge, normally a drip edge has a, a little bend at the bottom of the, the drip edge to take water off of the uh, fascia board and stuff. And so it, it actually makes it a little hard for them to hook the gutter on over the drip edge. Uh, usually they got to... Uh -huh look at doing it below the drip edge oh, okay or at least maybe bend the drip edge out a little bit maybe if they need to yeah yeah oh, okay okay i just wanted to check with you the expert <laughs> not a problem now Thank you, sir. I i'm gonna tell you up front my, my view on gutters is they're way overused uh i you know if you got patios doorways things like that hey you got to mm -hmm. use a gutter but if you've got good slope away from the house, you're not having water ponding, it's not cutting into landscaping and stuff, there's nothing wrong with letting the water come off the roof onto the ground. Right. Just, just my two cents. Oh, okay. Well, I was. the other thing is it is the splatter on the side of the house, too. Right, yeah. You know, it, that's, yeah right. Yeah, so, you know, if, if you got some of those type of things going on, you may want gutters in that area, but it doesn't mean you got to do gutters everywhere okay 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 sir thank Take you very care. much we're gonna head down to katie roy this is jim how can i help you hi jim uh thanks for taking my call uh i had the same situation with uh with due west as kevin did just call call it before uh, uh -huh. your guy came out and uh man he was just really good and shot the whole house and, uh, found absolutely nothing wrong with it he says man you've got a brick problem and uh, so it was It was a great thing. They saved me thousands of dollars. And so I really appreciate you guys. Oh, well, thank uh, you very much. The reputation is great, man. My, my question today is uh, I saw a program you did about, I guess, a month ago on your TV show and uh, showed how to replace the um, to recirculating uh, tankless. Uh-huh. Uh, right now, presently, I've got like uh, two 40-gallon uh, tanks in the in the attic, and I, I'm just wondering, uh, pros and cons, uh, all things being equal with plumbing, I think plumbing is adequate for either or. Um, I just don't know 
which direction to go with it. Recirculating like the newer types or uh, just go back with the tank. The tank do, do, you ha- do you have a recirculating system right now? No. No, it's right now it's uh, just two 40-gallon tanks. Okay. Uh, you know, what I think what the show you're talking about is where we put a tankless water heater in. And right. although there is options to make them recirculating, that's, that particular system was not a recirculating system, uh, but there are options where you can make them recirculate. Um, but, you know, if you have two 40-gallon tanks, uh, I, yes, would wholeheartedly recommend going to a tankless because you can probably replace both of them with one tankless water heater and have an endless supply of hot water. And... You know, the only thing that a recirculating system does for you is gets you hot water to the faucet faster. So, you know, if it takes it 10 seconds for the, when you turn the faucet on hot, if it takes 10 seconds for the hot water to get there, when you put in a tankless, it's still going to take 10 seconds unless you have a recirculating system, then it'll, it'll go faster. So the recirculating and the tankless really are two separate uh, things, um, but the energy efficiency of t- of tankless versus tank is, is is quite a bit, and a lot of people don't realize the water heater accounts for twenty percent of your energy usage. So if you can make it where it's uh, not using as much, you are far better off with it. So that that's the reason I push tankless the way I do. Let's see, and the, the, I guess you you were showing a, like a Renai system of those kind of like maybe the best right now available? You know, Renai has good ones. Uh, Navion is what I use a lot because I, I really like the Navion systems. Um, they they were the the really the, the innovators of the true energy efficiency. When Renai first came out, you had to have double wall stainless steel vents and stuff. And the uh, Navion came out where their system was so efficient you could vent it with PVC. Now the others have caught up to that, but I, I just love the innovation that uh, Navion offers with their systems. I see. Okay. Well, that's that's great. That's good advice. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks. Thanks for the advice. You bet. And you have a Merry Christmas, Roy. Right. I was talking with Ron in Galveston and Ron, okay, so you were describing you've got your your house is up on stilts, basically. You got the second floor, you got vinyl plank, you got uh, everything sealed up with uh, moisture barriers and stuff between that and the first floor. But you're going to enclose the 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 bottom you said underneath. Are you going to be air conditioning that space? No, it will be open to the outside. Okay, it if it's going to Gotcha. Okay. So if you're going to leave it open to the outside, then yes, you want to have it where that bottom side stays nicely ventilated. Uh, If you were going to air condition the space, then you could close it up and seal it up. But if you close it, even though it's it's a garage space, if you close it, it, it is going to trap and build moisture in there, and it will start causing decay of the subfloors and stuff on that second floor that you, that you just don't want. So the people who are telling you that it, it needs to stay open for ventilation are exactly right. Okay. 
Now, can the insulation, as long as there's a gap between the insulation and the subfloor, is that okay or no insulation at all up there? Like if I leave a three-inch gap between the top of the insulation and it, uh, if you're going to insulate, the only insulation I would recommend would be a a spray foam closed cell in for in, uh, insulation, because that right. won't let moisture up onto the wood and stuff. It, it basically would protect it. Okay. Well, I sure appreciate that. It, it moves a lot of clouds out of the way. Yeah. Well, sir, you have a very merry Christmas. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. We're going to head to Montgomery, and Susan, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hello, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? Good. I have a situation. I bought some land up in Beda, Texas, and it has a house that was built in 1970. The bones are good, but it's a house from 1970. We're planning on raising the roof, uh, you know, putting a pony wall up and making nine-foot ceilings. And right now, the house is brick on the outside, and the brick comes to the very top of the windows that, that are there now. Mm-hmm. With raising the ceiling, I'm more than likely going to have to make bigger windows as well because, you know, the, the tall wall with a little bitty window wouldn't look good but on the outside uh, i'm thinking about putting brick if i can find something that is comparable to the pattern of brick that's on it now i'm planning on painting everything white anyway so it really doesn't make any difference what color it is right you just need to find one the same size is all right yes sir is there any other alternative uh, material that I could use that would you know, make it look good since we're going to, you know, go up a foot on the wall and then, of course, your your peaks and, sure. you know, such as that. Very common is to use uh, siding uh, above the windows like that. Uh, you could get some, like, some James Hardy siding or something. Um in, in particular with the bricks, since you're going to be painting everything the same, I would take a look at the stucco-type board. The stucco-type board. So it wouldn't look funny with the window oh, on no. the outside, the look of it, a half brick and then half party board or something? Well, it, it no. The reason I would recommend the stucco board is it uh, it looks natural mixed in with brick. Uh, the other thing you can take a look at is possibly some stone, but I think the stone would stand out too much. Uh, uh, it wouldn't blend in as well as it going with a stucco type board. Okay, and Hardy makes that uh, stucco type board, or yes, ma'am. Uh huh. I don't think I've ever seen it, but you know, I'm going to raise the window and I'm going to go up because I don't want to disturb the brick on the bottom. You know, sure. Brick ledge and everything. What so you, I'll make it just taller. What are you going to put above the brick for that extra foot? That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm asking about. Yeah, okay. So you could go, if it was mine, uh, let me address it this way. If it was mine, I would probably pull part of the brick down. And in other words, I'd take my brick down to probably three, four feet. 
mm-hmm. and then I would go with a siding above in in that area. So instead of having just one foot of siding, I'd probably have like four or five feet of siding, and okay. that way, so like a wainscoting on the uh, yeah, you know, if make you the will. brick more of a wainscoting, and then the <laughs> siding above it. And since you're pulling off all the brick, you'd have plenty of brick to make uh, put the brick facing out instead of you know stacking it like brick is normally done. Turn it sideways mm-hmm. and, and make a nice brick ledge all the way around. The siding mm-hmm. then comes down and butts up to that. It can be sealed up, uh, you know, very well that way. And and uh, since you're gonna paint everything, yeah. it all will blend in and and look gorgeous. Yeah. Which would be more cost-effective. I'm on a really tight budget with everything going That would be the most cost-effective way to do it, yep. It would be. Yeah. Okay, and would you still go with the stucco or just a hardy hardy board? You know, if if I'm going to bring it down halfway, I'm going to probably go with the lap instead because that's that's what modern houses have on them. Yeah. Okay, well, I hadn't really thought about that. I was thinking about going up and, and, you know, building it up. So you don't think that uh, if I can find some bricks that it would be? Oh, if you can find you know, the brick, the you know, find a, a brick. brick that's the same size and everything, you'll be fine. But if the house is built in seventies, it's going to be uh, more than likely a, a Mexican brick, correct? Well, I think it's Acme. Oh, if it's Acme, you can probably even still get the same brick. And I just can't find a place to take one off. It's you know to really look at it but i've taken multiple pictures sure. of every it's that worm wormhole or worm look brick okay yeah if you can get the so, same brick go go with that that'll be uh the least expensive and and look the best but if not i would just pull part of the wall down now okay. to make it look more modern i w- you know if you want to modernize it then i would go ahead and pull part of it down cuz that a lot of houses are being done that way. And one of the things I'm seeing them do again is the old batten board, where instead of doing lap right. siding, you can have the, you can put on a four by sheet and then have uh, one by fours coming down. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, believe it or not, that's come back into style again. Really? Just cover the same with the, the one by four or whatever? Yep cover the seams and in between you know put it in like one foot strips or foot and right, a half strips right. uh like they used to do it it, it, look, it looks good that. and that's quick and easy marishka from waxahachie we have a concrete fountain whose base has a small crack totally through the side my husband wants to use flex seal on the inside and a grout caulk on the rim and outside because he says he wants the flex seal to penetrate the crack. I want to put the grout caulk on the inside and outside, then use the flex seal over it on the inside. Which do you think is the better way to go? Thank you so much for all your help. Well, flex seal makes several different products. Some comes in a can that you can, you know, uh, put on to stuff others is in a tape i'm assuming you're talking about the can product here uh, because your husband's trying to put it into the crack and if that's the case that's the way i would do it Um, because it will help to seal it up Uh, now i I will tell you that the 
I'm I'm not uh, going to say that, hey, this is going to be a permanent fix for it by any means of the imagination, but it'll probably buy you years of good, useful use of that fountain still. So uh, I got no problem with uh, going ahead and, and doing it that way and, and getting it fixed. Um, when you're putting it in, though, you're not going to want to just pack it into the crack and and leave it at that. Feather it out over the crack as well. So you got basically a patch over the crack as well as material stuffed down into the crack. And that'll give you a, a better repair that um, should last quite a bit longer that way. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 